In a world that appears to make no linear sense, there is a time-travelling rabbit with an important agenda. What is it? No one knows, but it has something to do with basketball. Welcome to a reality where a famous pig actor turned despotic leader rules with an iron fist, and a psychopathic duck may be our only hope for salvation. Welcome to the Tooniverse. The Space Jam Continuum is a show where two brave souls attempt to create a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. Looney Tunes, from 1937 all the way to Space Jam. Why? Because in an era where all people want is a cinematic universe and reboots of old cartoons, we're the only ones with a resolve to combine the two. So join us every Wednesday as we explore the depths of the Tooniverse, slowly clawing our way ever closer to the 1996 classic. That's the Space Jam Continuum, every Wednesday at kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and we advise you start at the beginning. It's a good idea. Players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt. I'm your host for this season. Uh, I am joined round the backstage table by Vicky. Hello. By Starkey. Hello. And uh, by subject of today's backstage episode, Chris Buxy. Hello. I'm finally back. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. It's been literally more than a year. Oh. Like maybe two years. I'm trying to think what the timeline is. Yeah, I think it has. It's 2018. It's a very long time. So remind us uh, which season people might remember you from. Mm. Uh, so I was in uh, season four, the heist uh, season, Let's Get Gideon. So let's let's look back at Let's Get Gideon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any other option. <laughs> yeah, so you you uh, have only been in one previous season and mm-hmm. we are going to we are going to address that, but let, let's talk about your experience on the on the air first of all. Great. Um what what are your what are your strongest memories from from Let's Get Gideon? Well, I mean, it was it was all good fun, but there's one one thing that has haunted me. You know what I And that was the uh, the ending, the final scene that I was in. Because um, uh, if you remember, or well, if you haven't heard the season, we sort of uh, we persuaded the billionaire to empty his vault. We got him to load it up onto a lorry. We hijacked the lorry. And then, as I reached the rendezvous point, there was Dr. Alan Nomore from the the pharmaceutical... um, He was like a private investigator they'd hired, I think. Yes, well, he was sort of... Wasn't he the head of the sort of pharmaceutical oversight sort of organisation? Yes, yes, he's a regulator. Regulator, that's the word I was looking for. Regulators. But um, uh, he was waiting for me at the the rendezvous point, and we retconned it that he was, you know, working with us all along but what I really wish we'd done um, and I'll be waiting a year to say this <laughs> what I really wish we'd done is retconned it that it wasn't actually him he never existed that was Elliot Disguise oh. because she'd had to dress up as him earlier in the episode yes, and that would have just been such a much neater ending yeah you're right that would have been perfect sleepless nights yeah <laughs> 
uh, thank goodness I got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's that's the alternative ending. The yes. secret secret alternate ending, like hashtag release the Buxy cut. I fully endorse that storyline, <laughs> that's brilliant. So that's the bit that's been haunting you, but are there any other bits that were like particularly intense moments or fun moments that stuck with you? Yes, well, I mean, I listened back to it again recently and uh, I just amazed myself with my capacity to lie off the cuff <laughs> <Yeah>. about blood. <laughs> so, it was so impressive. Yeah, I was just... Talking about blood, <laughs> about blood and blood transfusions, and, and you, yeah. in real life, you are a science man, but not a blood science. <laughs> no, no, I, I only see blood if something goes wrong in my type of science. Uh, much more of a physicist, so yeah, that all gave us a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you did. You really were like the face of the the heist team. There, you did all of the kind of the heavy set, lifting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the lying that was necessary. <laughs> I didn't do any of the actual heavy lifting. Because my muscle stack was minus one. That was Josh's job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You faced off. You did a lot of sort of verbal fencing with with both Gideon and uh, Maxine McQuaid, I believe. Mm, Yes. You had to get through to get to Gideon. The knowledge map. The memory is amazing. I have had to. I've got lists in this little notebook in front of me of all the NPCs I've had to play and what their voices sound like. Oh, so that you need to recall um, one, you don't mess it up. In case case they have to come back, because it could happen. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh yes. Do you th- so you you ha- obviously have some sort of unfinished business or regrets about Gideon? Mm. Is it is it one that you'd like to that you could see yourself revisiting that that version of yourself and that story and and doing more of it? Uh, yes. Well, I, I suppose my story sort of um, the story of that character was sort of kind of open ended, really, because uh, I had to leave to catch a train, so I didn't get to record the epilogue. So everyone else had some sort of cliffhanger or a nice sort of tying up. But what what happened to that Chris after the uh, after I um, met Alan in that deserted car park? <laughs> we may never know, <laughs> or we may find out today. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> um, also, of, of the of the other seasons, obviously you you only got to play in uh, Let's Get Gideon and this one that we're doing now, Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Of the other seasons, uh, is there one that you that you wish you'd got to take part in? Is there one that that, that sounded like that you listened to and thought, oh, I could really get my teeth into that one? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, well, I've enjoyed them all, but I guess the the parallax ones because mm-hmm. uh, sci-fi is my sort of natural home. So <laughs> I, I think I'd uh, I probably would have enjoyed uh, taking part in that. <laughs> I'm not sure in what capacity. Um, I'd have to sit and think about that. But you know, I'm, there's always a home for me in sci-fi. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, that brings us on to uh, something is... uh, This backstage episode is a little different uh, to the ones that we've heard before because, uh, as we've noted, Chris, you were only in one season um, and I didn't think it would be fair for you to only have uh, one character sheet to draw on uh, in this silly version of the game (laughs) that we're doing where we're switching in between them and calling on stuff from previous appearances... So, uh, you actually have a, a previously unheard character sheet that I you're do. bringing to the table today. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, and um, uh, well, I feel like such a power gamer doing this, <laughs> but that sort of, which is, is really not me. I'm normally the complete opposite of that when it comes to games. But um, inspired, by, inspired by all your excellent uh, work, Matt, on merely roleplayers, um, I used the Powered by the Apocalypse uh, rules engine to make, um, I sort of made a, a sort of model 
with it to um, use the rules in a different setting, a sort of a futuristic setting that is known for being both grim and dark. <laughs> um, so I've um, created a character using my character generations from that setting because um, I did, uh, I ran a sort of a, a one shot sort of session using these rules uh, for my gaming group, which I like to think about very well, or if it didn't, nobody told me. But uh, <laughs> so these are, these are tried and tested. And um, yeah, so I've generated a character from that setting uh, just to give myself an additional sheet because looking around the table here, everyone else's piles of paper, I'm feeling a bit like the poor cousin with my one A5 character sheet. <laughs> okay, so talk us through what sort of character this is. Like, what sort, ah, yes. what sort of, uh, like in terms of kind of archetypes or, or genre uh, types that people might recognize from that kind of far future war-based uh, space setting and uh, can you talk us through your stats as well? Yes I can um, so this character is I would best describe them as a very well equipped genetically engineered super soldier um, <laughs> who's not, purpose... a, not a power gamer Yes, no. yeah. <laughs> to reiterate not a power gamer <laughs> um, yes whose single purpose in life is to I guess destroy the enemies of mankind mm-hmm. so um, hang on you've got this guy yeah. and I've got a bloke who's holding a hammer and a nightcap yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got a person whose main skill is hand to hand combat so yeah. that's going to be good yeah. so well I hope we encounter uh, plenty of things for us to destroy <laughs> we are going to need you yeah. Yeah, so this sort of archetype I guess is sort of um, quite a, def- uh, a defensive one you know, having said that destroying the enemies of mankind but it's also about uh, sort of protecting mankind as well um so I guess the sort of the stats. Um, do you want me to talk about the sort of the different? Yeah, stats tell, tell us what the four stats are and kind of what they represent. Uh, so in in the setting that this sort of um, mod is based for, it's sort of the stats are based on the four humans because they're sort of something that's uh, referenced in uh, in the setting. So sort of sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. Um, so uh, I've sort of balanced the stats towards more sort of aggressive, choleric, <laughs> uh, which is sort of, uh, I guess, uh, on brand for a um, well-equipped super soldier for the future. Uh, A little bit towards Sanguine, which is sort of about uh, teamwork and leadership. Uh, So that was, so Coric was plus two, Sanguine was plus one. Um, Melancholic is um, sort of about, uh, you know, thinking things through and sort of taking careful, considered action. I put that as a zero. And then uh, Phlegmatic for sort of, you know, um, compromising, sort of settling for things. I put it as uh, minus one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I I don't think I'll be needing this character for any sort of puzzle solving or anything. But um, just to remind the audience again, not a power game. (laughs) I, I love that. We've ended up with one of your stats is sanguine. When your your cover identity in the heist was that you were from a company called yes. Sanguine Solutions. I know. Uh, yeah, what good. Is happening? That yeah. I just want to talk about blood again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mad. So wow. yes, that's uh, that's the character. Uh, and so the way we're working this in terms of uh, of affinity is that the the one that you've actually played on air is going to be a plus two. So that's going to be a little easier to load up and bring things through from uh, the one that uh, you are recalling from a, an unseen timeline of the merely role players connected universe uh, 
uh, is going to be a minus one. Great. I really want to know what Blackshaw did in that setting. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was a. Maybe it was your unit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> name Blackshaw. Yeah. I mean, that kind of works actually. Quite like that. Yeah. In the um, in, in a uh, theatre of war. Oh. oh, very good, very good. He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I'm not here all week because that's going to be the end of this backstage episode. Because Chris, you are ready to play. Excellent! Yay! been listening to Merely Role Players. In this season, you'll hear Ellie Pitkin, Alex Pankhurst, Josh Yard and Dave, Chris Starkey, Chris Buxy and Chris, Helen Stratton, Ellen Gould, Natalie Winter and Strat, all playing various versions of themselves, along with special guest appearances by Ellie Pitkin as Nia and the Space Jam Continuum podcast's Chris McLennan as Candice. I'm Matt, and I edited and produced the season, wrote and performed the theme music, and designed and ran the game we're playing. Like most of our games, this one's powered by the apocalypse. You can find more games in this genre at apocalypse-world.com pbta. If you enjoy Merely Roleplayers, let us know with a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you do your listening. You can also find us on Twitter at Merely Roleplay, at facebook.com slash Merely Roleplayers, and at merelyroleplayers.com. Merely Role Players is an independent production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Join us for more drama next episode.